Hi, and welcome to XA Live. My name is Brooke Collins. I am one of the campus pastors here with Kai Elf at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, we are so, so happy to have you join us here this evening. Um, so something we've been doing um, while being online as we gather on Zoom afterwards, that link will be in the chat. Please join us there, if, especially if we haven't gotten the chance to know you. Um, we would love to meet you, see your face, um, and hear more about your story um, and get you connected with, with other students here with Chi Alpha. Um, this semester we are doing a series called The Good and Beautiful God, and it's based out of topics in a book um, of the same name by James Bryan Smith. And this week's topic is God is Good. And I'm gonna be honest with you. When I volunteered to speak on this topic a few months ago, I did not think this through. I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't think through how difficult it would be to speak of God's goodness and five months into a global pandemic. Um, and all that goes with that of being online for work and school um, and being distant from friends. Um, when I was thinking about this, I realized uh, also that I would not have time to give you a well-rounded philosophical discussion of how God can be good in the midst of pain and suffering. As much as I would love to do that for you, I don't have that time. Um, and that's a really long conversation to have. Um, so when I was thinking about tonight, one of the things that I was, I asked myself is, okay, so if, if I can't talk about the philosophy element, um, and honestly, if, if in those experiences of hurt and pain, if the logic, um, isn't really that comforting anyway, then what is? And, and how do I see God's goodness in those moments? And how, God, how, how is your goodness revealed? And in, in asking myself those questions and in praying that prayer, um, what came to my mind was the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. Now, this is a pretty long story. It's like 45 verses, so I'm not gonna read all of it for you, um, but I would encourage you to go back sometime this week and, and read through it because it is really incredible. Um, but tonight we're gonna to begin in verse one, and like I said, we're gonna jump around a little bit. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And skipping down to verse 11, um, Jesus ends up staying where he's at for a couple days. And here he's speaking to the disciples. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And the disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. And Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. 
skipping to verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. This would be the Jewish practice of sitting Shiva, um, a period of, of seven days of mourning where the community will come and gather in the home of a family who has lost a loved one and mourn with them. Um, and when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now that whatever you ask, God will give it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, um, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they said. And Jesus wept. But then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But then some said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? There are two things about this passage that really um, stand out to me because they're just so relatable. First is, is that question or that, that statement that, that both Mary and Martha make to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then that question that the Jews ask at the end of verse 37, which is that he could not, he who have opened the eyes of the blind man, have also kept this man from dying. Those are, are different ways of, of, of saying the same thing. They're variations on the question. Lord, where were you? And that question is all too relatable in our experiences of hurt and suffering and grief. My first year of college, I was in a car accident with three of my friends. We'd been on a road trip and on our way back to campus, my friend who was driving got confused about an exit and overcorrected and the car we were in rolled four and a half times. My friend who had been sitting in the back seat next to me um, was asleep until about 10 minutes before the accident and because of that, she was not wearing her seatbelt. She was thrown from the car and she died the next morning 
as a result of her injuries. She was 19 years old. And in the weeks and months that followed were some of the darkest days of my life. Um, and it was hard for me to see God's goodness as much as I understood what the scriptures have told me about God's goodness, that it's not contingent upon my circumstances, that, that God is good and great simply because God exists. And that's true. But man, it was hard to see in those few months that followed. I also went to a Christian Bible college and we had chapel services every day. And there was a really popular song at the time called You Are Good, and it's by a, a guy named Israel Houghton. And the lyrics say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. And that's a quote from the Psalms. And, and then it says, Lord, you are good all the time, all the time, you are good. And for months, I could not sing that song. I actually, one day in chapel, um, not long after the accident, the, it had to be one of the first times I heard that song after my friend April died. Um, I stood there silently and I prayed to God and I said, I can't say this to you right now. And it wasn't that I didn't somewhere intellectually think that God was good. It was that saying it felt like a lie. And I told God I wouldn't lie to him. And I didn't. I didn't say those words for months. And the first time that I did, I cried so hard, I burst blood vessels in my eyelids. Because it hurt. Because it didn't matter that it was true, it still hurt. And even now, sometimes I have these moments where I, I say, God, I know you are good, but something about that kind of hurts right now because I look at the world around me, we're living in this wild global pandemic, and I'm seeing example after example of police brutality and race, racism and oppression and hurt and pain, and it feels like you're not good. But I also remember in, in these moments that God is a God who came near. God is not far off and distant. Eugene Peterson puts it in the message like this. He says, God, the word became flesh, the word meaning God, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God is with us. In Christ, God walks with us through all the pain and suffering of human existence. Jesus buried his own earthly father. He was betrayed by one of his best friends and his friend Lazarus died. Jesus experienced the hurt and the pain that we all experience. And God in Jesus knows it. Jesus, too, asked God, where are you? While he was hanging on the cross. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He walks with us into the very fires of hell. 
he cries with us, Jesus wept. Now, this is not the end of this story. Jesus tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he raises Lazarus from the dead. I didn't even read that part. Um, and the thing is, we may not experience that immediate resurrection in that same way. We may not pray for our family or our friends to rise from the dead and have it happen. But that promise still remains that those who place their faith and trust in Christ will one day rise in his power. John, in the book of Revelation, tells us this. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more pain or death or mourning or crying. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The God who cries with us is also the God who will wipe away every tear from every eye. The God who will one day make everything new from the dirt on the ground to the marrow in our bones is the God who is with us. And there will be a day when death and pain will cease. We have that hope. That doesn't mean that the pain won't hurt, because it will, and it does. But even in the midst of the hurt and the pain, and even sometimes as painful as it is to, to say the words, God, you are good, when we see so much suffering around us, God is good, and he is with us. And like I said, he cries with us. He knows what we're experiencing. He is intimately aware. And we can take comfort in that So what are some practical ways we can do that? Um, one of the things we've, we've been encouraging you to do is to participate in some soul practices um, as it relates to these messages. And the practices this week are silence and awareness of creation. And well, it's so easy for, for us and all that is going on in the world to spend our days doom scrolling social media and cooped up inside. Um, so a great spiritual practice for us is to spend some time in silence and some time outside in creation. Now, both of these practices help bring peace to the chaos of our souls because they root and ground us in, in the goodness of the world rather than rooting us and grounding us in all of the pain that we are so intimately aware of. They remind us that our world, there's more to our world than, than all that, that we see on the news or in social media. 
So I want to give you a few tips for practicing these um, because silence in particular can be really difficult if you don't currently have a practice of silence. Um, so first, I want to encourage you to start small. Um, you may not be able to do five minutes. Five minutes will probably feel like an eternity. So I would encourage you to maybe start with one minute or two minutes and work up from there. And I would encourage you to, to actually create a really regular practice of silence because it will be very helpful for you in bringing peace when it feels like everything is falling apart. Um, set a timer, um, but then put your phone away and do not disturb. <laughs> So um, all of your notifications can wait, but the timer will be helpful because then you're not worried about, oh, well, I got to do this thing. Um, I want you to keep a notebook nearby to write down all of those random thoughts that pop in your head of, you know, oh, I need to get this from the grocery store or I got to do that thing for this assignment or whatever. Um, just have that by, write those things down, and then set them aside, and then set those thoughts aside um, and refocus your attention. And in this time, you're not trying to empty your mind of all your thoughts. You're focusing your mind on God, on God's goodness, on, his, on God's character, and the attributes of God. Um, and it's a prayerful time. It's not an emptying of your mind time. Um, and finally, be patient with yourself. Um, this practice is really difficult in the beginning, um, but like any muscle, if you work it out, it'll get stronger. Um, and with awareness of creation, it's not just go and be outside and get hot and sweaty. <laughs> it's, it's to actually really cultivate a sense of wonder in nature. Um, to not just see that a squirrel is there, but to notice the color patterns in its fur. Um, to, to bring yourself to a place of awe. And if you live in the western half of the state and you do this in the Blue Ridge, please take photos and put them on Instagram so I can be in awe of nature that I can't go see and experience right now. Um, but seriously, um, I wanna encourage you to take some time in the coming week to spend in silence, to spend outside. You can do these two things at the same time. Um, but, but I want you to take this time and remind yourselves that there is more in this world than just coronavirus. There's more in this world than terrible examples of police brutality and racism there is good in this world um, and that goodness is found in creation and in god and who god is and god's god revealed to us um, and i want to remind you once again that god is with us in the midst of everything we experience god is here and if we need him he's crying with us too so I'm gonna end with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he turn his face toward you and give you peace.